Hello there. Welcome to the Manifestation Kitchen podcast, where I open our cooking pots. So inspirational geniuses who heal the world through food, words, touch, movement, and so much more can add their ingredients for our culinary pleasure of the soul. I am your host, Victoria Dio, and today we simply have the legendary Master Co. Now, if you have attended any of the Tony Robbins events, you would have seen Master Co and you would have taken part in his meditation practices. He is a leading expert in the area of meditation and Eastern energetic practices, but also he's the co-author of Your Hands Can Heal You and The Power of Prana. So pop over to the other side and just listen to the wisdom of the master. It's an incredible one. I'm telling you right now, I'll speak to you soon. See you on the other side. Bye. So hello, everybody. And here he is, the incredible, the amazing Master Co. Welcome. Hello. I don't know about incredible, but okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> Uh, Bradley normally says stop. Brian Bradley normally says stop, stop, stop. You know, you, you, you keep on giving me too many compliments. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming. Um, and first, on behalf of everyone, I want to say thank you so much for keeping us going throughout the pandemic. All those meditations that you've been doing, I don't know how much you realize has been transforming people's lives, but I want to say thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, bring people on here because I believe that everybody is a healer and I saw that you actually have a book talking about healing with your hands and you believe in that everybody's a healer and I just brought you on because I thought he so believes that we can heal ourselves but most importantly I want to know about the person behind Master Co. So how did you start this? (laughs) So I want to know, how did you start this? Because this is your calling. How did you start this? Well, unlike most of you, I was not interested in healing or anything at all. I was only interested in myself. (laughs) This was 1988, and my wife fell from about three meters and broke her hip bone. And there was a separation in the hip. So after the doctor went, put her on the traction to just kind of even out the bone, the doctor said it'll take three and a half months before her bones could fuse that she can walk. And at that time, I said, that's not an option. That's way too long. I'm growing up. If anything, I've learned anything growing up is life will give you what you're willing to settle for. And that was not an option I'm going to settle for. So I was looking around and that's when I I was in the Philippines then. And I found this technique called pranic healing taught by the grandmaster, Tua Kok Sui. And I said, well, I'll take it for the heck of it because nothing else has worked, right? So out of desperation, I took the class and did the technique on her three times a day without feeling a darn thing. In two weeks, she was walking. In five weeks, she was running. And that's with the x-ray showing it. It's not just one of those positive thinking, thinking, mm. and you're all drugged up and everything. She literally showed the bones fusing. And so I said, hey, there's something here. And again, compared to most people, I didn't feel anything. I mean, most people are sensitive. <laughs> I didn't feel a darn thing. And yet... As an engineer, I cannot refute the, the fact that she's walking. So from there, I did the technique on my mom and, and so on and so on. And I was sent here to the United States to teach. And that was 1988, 30-something years before. That's when it all started. That's crazy. So when you, 
I mean, obviously, like you said, you were an engineer, so you weren't even looking for your calling. This just happened. Now, did you actually feel anything with regards to, oh, this is my calling? Or did you were you like a reluctant um, healer? <laughs> <laughs> More like the second one. It's just like, I was going to do something else. But, you know, when God opens the door, yeah. you say no, he kicks you in. <laughs> so I... That's what happened to me. Yes. Oh, I can so yeah. resonate. It can so resonate. Um, my friend Alison Armstrong calls me the reluctant oracle because I just kept on saying no. I just kept on saying no. And I did like, again, like you, I didn't feel anything. So I completely get what you're saying. Now you have literally helped so many people, thousands and thousands of people. And what's the most common, I suppose, query that you normally get? What's the most common query that comes to you from your clients, from people that you just bump into? Well, it's actually divided into two sections. You know, mm. we started with doing healing, healing physical ailments, um, emotional issues, and so on and so on. And then, mm. of course, the, other, the flip side of that is the spiritual practice. And mm. I always let people realize that in the big picture, I mean, the big, big, big picture, anything you do with the body in healing, your emotions, mm -hmm. your thoughts, all of it is a temporary job. It's a patch-up job. Right. Because right. in the end, without a spiritual connection, without that mm -hmm. inner peace and stillness, whatever the physical, emotional, mental disturbances will keep coming back. That's why at some point, uh, my focus has been, you know, healing and then shifting people's consciousness through meditation, spiritual practice, because you could heal them. They could feel better. They're mm. you know, no more pain, emotionally they're calm. But if there's no spiritual component in their life, there's not part of them that gives them the inner peace and stillness, the disturbance will cause the physical, emotional, mental problems again. And mm. so to touch more people, that's why, as you said, we're doing more of these meditations because I say have more inner peace and stillness, connection mm -hmm. to spirit, connection to the universe, whatever word you want to use for God, that gives them the inner strength. And when they have that inner strength, they can deal with most of the issues that come in their life. So the question people ask would be, hey, I've never meditated in my life. How could I have this inner peace? So we give them the recipe. Or they say, oh, they have this pain, that pain, that problem. I say, okay, you can do these breathing exercises. You can do this meditation. You can do this too normalize the movement of this life force in your body so your body can mm. heal. So it's no, there's no general query, if you will. Mm. It's divided usually into two. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, because especially right now where people are so worried, people are worried about their businesses, their homes, their jobs and everything else. And so it's like people are just going, people are panicking. And one of the things that I find in your meditations is that people, you're actually calming us down. And when I do it, I almost want to fall asleep because I feel so relaxed. And I feel so, so relaxed. Now, I also want to ask you about your jokes because you tell a lot of jokes. <laughs> you tell a lot of jokes. <laughs> I recycle them. So it's okay. I recycle them. <laughs> Different audience don't so, know what the joke I played before. I don't know. Were, it, were you a comedian at any point? Because you're very good at cracking the jokes, especially breaking the tension, because we find a lot of people take meditation so seriously. And I love it when you break the cycle. You almost break the pattern so that, <laughs> you know, and you, <laughs> and you just crack a joke that just makes, it always makes me giggle anyway. But where did that come from? And I love it. I... I just how that's how I take life, you know. Um, yeah. If I can't have fun, I don't do it. 
you know, it's basically, <laughs> you know, meditation. When I'm serious, I'm serious. But in between, if there's yeah. something funny, I make fun of it. Otherwise, I, I see people who are doing meditation and spiritual practice supposed to be inner peace, but they're so darn miserable. I said, who wants that? <laughs> oh, I have inner peace. Oh, you look at them. There's no joy in their life. Right. You know, they're having inner peace, but it's a fake one. I'm not saying yes. a lot. Some, they're yes. like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I look at them and go, yeah, you live, life looks like a big hot mess. Who wants that? Even people that have inner peace to be joyful, enjoy life. When they're serious, they're serious. When they're not serious, they have lots of fun. That's life. Wow. That's amazing. No, you're right. You're true. And it makes me cry. It just cracks me up. So also when you go into, I want to know because you look so calm. You're always calm, except when you're playing Brian Bradley at <laughs> table tennis. Now I have, I've watched those matches with absolute dedication, you know, and I'm like, okay, who's going to win next? Who's going to win next? And so you keep really fit. And there's, when you're doing your meditations, we see you standing there and calming us down, but that shows us your prowess. And also I saw your gym workout as well. How often do you work out? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looks like you do it every day because I was like, the, 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 I was like, I was watching you pulling up all those sort of like uh, dumbbells. I was like, he's strong. He's really strong. Well, so, so. <laughs> well, Victoria, you know, the I want to break the myth okay. that a spiritual person yes. is, does not have a strong physical body. Most right. people think, oh, when you're a meditator, you're a monk, you're this and that, you're, you're just kind of sitting there, you know, like like that. <laughs> My teacher always said, look, in ancient times, yes. the great teachers would train their disciples as in good in art, in music, in warfare, in education, and they throw them out to be magistrates and head of state. And that's why he said, spiritual people, true spiritual people are powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think about it, I go... If you really have a spiritual destiny, you have to fulfill. Mm. If your body breaks down, how the heck are you going to fulfill your destiny? It's just like, I need to Very go true. from point A to point B. If your car, your vehicle breaks down halfway, I don't care how good your intentions is, you never get mm. there. Yeah. And so when you keep the body strong, you keep the body fit, and you have joy in your life, then mm. simultaneously the spirit, the soul, whatever word you want to use that's inner being within you, can mm. fulfill what it's supposed to do. And when people realize it, they go, oh, I can have joy in my life. I can have this inner peace and stillness. And I still have the physical body to enjoy it and the prosperity to have a good life and share it with other people. Wouldn't that be heaven mm -hmm. on earth? It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Yeah. And, and that's a lesson for me as well, because like I've, I've literally got a COVID body right now, not with the disease, thank God, but you know, it's like the sitting around and I'm in the UK. So we've had so many strict re restrictions and stuff. So not been doing as much exercise and what have you. So trying to walk around and just getting some exercise in, you're so right, because you can feel it. You can feel when you're not connected. You can completely feel why you're not connected. It's really, and you're an inspiration. It's just so cool to watch. And also the amount that you, you have fun with it as well, which is so important and what have you. So I want to ask you this, when you get triggered, do you ever get triggered? Do people ever annoy you? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm, I think I'm human. <laughs> yeah, we think you're human. I'm just checking. So how do you deal with that? How do you, if, if somebody gets on your nerves and shifts your energy, how do you deal with that? Well, I think um, one of the biggest lessons for me 
that I learned from my teacher is as simple as this. You cannot control what people see, what people say, and what people do. Yes. The only thing that you can control is your response to them. And that's why the spiritual aspect is so important because you get to realize you are the spiritual being that moves your body. You're the spiritual being that creates these feelings. You're the spiritual being that creates these thoughts. So Mm -hmm. at some point, if somebody is triggering you, they're not triggering the soul. They're triggering certain emotions and thoughts within you. So if you can do your spiritual practice on a more regular basis, you're able to that micro instant to just step back and say, okay, this person saying this, this person is that, <laughs> this junk, this crap is not mine. It's that person. It's not mine. I'm not about to own it. Yes. And so I get to choose what my response is to them. Yes. And for most people, they can't do that if they're swimming in it. Make sense? So if you don't take the time to do your stillness practice, which essentially when you're practicing stillness, you are temporarily disengaging the body, the emotions, and the thoughts, that's where you go back to your center. So when you're back to your center, you get to realize that real being, the spiritual being within you, mm-hmm. already has the peace, the stillness, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that when you engage, like putting on your human suit, that's where all the disturbance is. So if you do that on a regular basis and do your meditation and spiritual practice, if there's somebody triggering you, you get mm-hmm. to step back and observe and say, hey, this anger is not mine. It's this person's anger. Hey, I don't want it. Right? Of course, you don't tell them that. You just say, uh-huh, and just look at them. And then you you actually are able to calculate your response to them. It's just mm-hmm. like I always uh, give the example you probably heard in my videos. Is when my teacher showed up at my house, sat on our, our sofa and says, do you worry? I said, no. Why? Because I normally don't worry. When I came into your house, I start noticing. And these are the quotes. He goes, I start noticing worry thoughts. And I know these are not mine. And I said, I don't. But my wife has a tendency to. She goes, oh, okay, okay. Very interesting. Because I notice uh, these thoughts are not mine. And that was such a deep lesson for me. Because oftentimes, when you're in front of people, we start to own their negativity. And it's yes. not ours. Yes. And if you're able to just step back and says. Uh huh. This person is really pissed off and angry. <laughs> Not yes. my problem, right? That's why I have this joke. I know people laugh at it. But <laughs> the back of my mind, I go. In the back of my mind, I go. Namaste, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish you. I, I don't wish you anything bad. But you know, divinity in me, salute the divinity in you. But get out of my life. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm gonna use that. Namaste, go away. I'm gonna use. But that. I don't say verbally, okay? <laughs> Don't think that that's not nice. Master Cole said, Namaste, go away. <laughs> just so, don't own their stuff. If they're no, crap, theirs. Don't take it. I love that. Thank you so much. That's really useful for us to know, especially in these times. So I know that your teacher, unfortunately, uh, moved, moved on. But who looks after you? Who looks after Mastico? Because you you come out and you look after thousands of people at a time. I've seen you live so many times. You are in your element when you do that, and it's and it looks as if you're you're literally working on one person the way you do it. And I look around and I go, "There's about fifteen thousand people in this room, and this dude is just like he's just taking it in his stride." And then you'll go on to you'll go on and do a live, and then you you, you continuous. Who looks after Mastico? <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. The, the only thing I can think of is um, 
before my te- before my teacher moved on, left his body, yes. he taught us so many techniques uh, like meditation, spiritual practice that I normally overdo. Like if you're right. supposed to say this many times, I crank it up. So that's why people say, hey, how come, um, you know, I've talked to some audiences and I feel drained and tired. How come you don't feel drained? Mm. I go, because I've been taught one simple technique. That is, it's called the water pump technique. You know, like mm. a pumpy water. Because the more people that want to drain energy out of me, yes, the more I can pull in. So that means you can suck whatever you like. I just pull more through me. And as that energy passes through me, I get cleaned up. I get energized. So you're not going to hear me worry about, oh, man, they're taking my energy. Go, knock yourself out. Take as much as you like. Because the more you take, the more energy comes into me. Because yeah. I have a basic premise that I've been taught, you are not the source. You are yes. just simply the pipeline in the channel. And when I maintain that consciousness, as, by, as I keep doing my meditation, making my channels bigger and wider, mm-hmm. I can serve more people. So. If anything, that's what I go by. Yeah, I wish I wish I'd um, I wish I'd leaned into you more when when I was getting my calling. I mean, I know you're not here, you're not in the UK, and you've connected me to one of the most amazing teachers who I'm going to be going to do some work with. But when I had my calling, I remember I was working on someone remotely, and they they couldn't walk, and I was actually feeling their pain. It, and literally I, I was cr- almost crippled because of their pain. Mm-hmm. And after working with them and them feeling better, I went to bed and I didn't get out of bed for two days. I hurt so much. And when I realized, when I did some research and realized that it's because I'd taken on his energy voluntarily without protecting myself or cleansing myself and anything else, I was really surprised. I didn't realize how potent mm-hmm energy is what have you got to say on that well victoria here's the beautiful thing about the entire yeah. uh, story you just said yeah you see the way i was taught yes. and you know you might notice how come i keep referring to i was taught because again before i met my teacher i knew nothing <laughs> yes. so i don't want to take the credit for it right so yes. here's the most important thing you helping people mm. can be done without sacrificing your own health Yes, And a big part of that is what we call in pranic healing, energy hygiene. Energy hygiene means, number one, you never use your own energy. You're a conduit. Mm. Energy is flowing through you. So you never get drained. Number two, there has to be a realization that just like you have clean water, there's dirty water. There's clean food, there's dirty food. There's vitamins, there's bacteria, germs, and virus. So energetically, same thing. You have high-frequency, clean energy, and you also have what is called diseased energy. And unfortunately, a lot of healers, they have this delusion that says, oh, everything is God. There's no such thing as dirty energy. Well, look at it this way. You can go to the cleanest part of the earth, inhale and ex- inhale that clean air. You still have yes. to exhale. Yes. Because the exhalation is the byproduct of the body utilizing this clean air. Same yes. thing. When your body absorbs this fresh life force, the body uses it, it will release a byproduct. Now, yes. that byproduct is what we call used up energy or used up chi, prana, whatever mm-hmm. you want to use. Now, yes. if there's a disease or disorder of the body, that energy is stuck. And over mm-hmm. a period of time, it becomes so much of it, it becomes stale, drops in vibration. So if you're the healer, you're doing healing on someone, whether you like it or not, you have an energy field. 
your energy field touches theirs, this some of that is going to transfer to your hand. It's just like your hand touches mud, it'll have mud. Yes. yes. Denial does not make it go away. No. So what we do is we teach people, say, okay, you help someone just like you did. Afterwards, mm -hmm. you have to practice energy hygiene, which you got this of step one, maybe washing your hands with salt and water. That has a cleansing effect. Number two, you have to energetically cut the connection because every time you work with someone, there's a movement of energy going back and forth. And so when you're done, after you're done, you want to make sure that you cut the link so whatever good energy you gave them will stay with them. Yes. And whatever emotional crap they're releasing afterwards will not go to you. So yes. after you cut the energy link, the good stuff stay with them and you're not continuously being affected by them. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, you wash your hands, you take a, a salt water shower, you know, you just basically turn the shower on, put some fine salt, rub, you can put some lavender oil. This little energy hygiene doesn't cost you anything yeah. or super duper cheap. And it allows you to maintain your energy level and be able to help thousands of more people without sacrificing your health. Yeah. yeah. I hope that I, gives you a little short perspective. It does. It does. And thank you because I, I had to learn on my own. I, I, at the time I didn't know where to turn. And that's why I believe a teacher is so important, you know, and, and I'm actually, I mean, a lot of people know you, but I'm just sort of like putting all your details at the bottom of here for people who feel as if they need a teacher just, just come and speak to you because I didn't, I wasn't aware. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I just knew that my, my, my whole life was changing and to be able to have that confirmed by you is, is such an honor because I know now that, you know, energy hygiene is so important and I can't wait to start my pranic healing course, by the way, because, um, you know, it, it, and it's the only, it's the only proper healing course I'm actually going to do. And, um, mm. and I can't wait. I can't, I've already contacted Les, so I'm really looking forward to it. So he's an excellent next, instructor. He's an excellent, excellent instructor. Is he? Is yes. he? Oh, I can't wait. I, I've booked on it, but um, again, because we're in lockdown, we've had to postpone. I think it should be happening this weekend, but I've postponed it, but I can't wait. And I'm going to tell him that you referred me as well. So I'm really excited. So move, moving on, um, you've, again, you're well known in UPW and in other of Tony's, Tony's events, but you've, you've worked for so many more companies that people don't even realize. And you go to actually organizations. So do you run similar events as you do for UPW or do you do something different for the different companies that you work for? No, what happened is like, I'm sure you're, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about like the different tech companies like Google, yes, PayPal. Yes, okay. yes. All those, uh, I was invited as a guest speaker to oh. teach about meditation and stress relief. That that was yes. the door, essentially, because you know they're not going to ask you, Google's not going to come and do healing. For them, <laughs> that's not like, you know, our idea of healing is like, what's the right program? So, but a lot of them are so stressed out of their minds yes. and they have uh, like health and wellness programs. So yes. I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of them. And mm. essentially when I go in, the main focus is inner peace, stress relief, energy hygiene, how to have razor sharp focus, how not to beat up your colleague when you're stressed out. <laughs> you know, it's more <laughs> of that kind of context. Yeah. And did you notice that it had a lot of difference? Because I used to be in the corporate world and I don't think we understand how much crap we pick up throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And by the time it comes to the weekend, 
we're so busy trying to look after our homes if we've got children, husbands, and the rest of everything else, that we don't dump, we don't, we don't cleanse, we don't cleanse that energy for a right word. So what was the reaction to these people who were so logically minded that they probably thought that meditation was maybe a kind of food or something or something so alien? Well, you know, the most important part in convincing someone who's skeptical is to give them an experience because yes. you can talk and have the nicest slides they're going to look at you okay just that's one more spiel but yeah. if you give them an experience they cannot mm. deny the experience and mm. a lot of times i remember you, you imagine you're in a room of male engineers okay yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm talking about meditations and they're like mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I as you said i have to break break the the pattern so i give yeah. them a some jokes that give them a laughing a little bit. And then I have them moving and doing breathing exercises. You cannot be on your phone and do breathing exercises. Right. So they get up, we teach them this Tibetan breathing exercises. And then from there, we guide them in a, maybe a 10 minute meditation. And most of them are like, and you know, a little <laughs> stuff dripping off their side of their mouth. And by the time they're done, they go, wow. Okay. <laughs> so the experience is so important and you cannot give them experience if you don't have sound techniques you know really good techniques so we guide them through yeah. breathing exercise and then from there mindfulness exercise so after that when they leave they have yes. something tangible they yes. can use on a daily basis and i tell them okay every time you're stressed out you do this breathing exercise when these thoughts are bothering you use the violet light disintegrated and so they have quick techniques and then mm -hmm. from there they go, wow if that two minute technique worked i wonder how much we how much more you know that's yes. how we bring them in because if you give them everything right on the spot, yes, attention span is this short because they're on a lunch break, they're on a, a 10 minute or like a half an hour forced <laughs> forced meeting. Yes. You know, they yes. come not because they want to, is because yes. their superior says, okay, go to that stress relief class. So I have to give them something that yes. they have to take away, they can practice, then they'll be interested. That's a very good marketing technique as well as, as an approach and stuff. And I love that. So I, it goes back, you talked about people falling asleep. I know that there's people, and I used to be like that as well. And I probably sometimes still am where I'll meditate and all I want to do is fall asleep. Okay. What it, like this. Um, it depends on the context. Mm. If, let's say you're perfectly fine. It's not like your body's tired or anything like that. You just meditate and you keep falling asleep. That's mm -hmm. the first indicator that your body is overwhelmed. Okay. It's just like you're pouring so much energy into it. The body cannot handle it. So it checks out. And the solution is actually quite simple. And basically the syntax, as Tony Robbins always says, the syntax or the order is first you do some gentle exercises and stretching before you meditate. And the purpose right. of that is every time you do some movement, you're actually gently opening channels. So if you do like a five-minute stretching, breathing, you know, jumping around, whatever it is, that alone, the minute you sit down, your channels are more open. When that down point of spiritual energy comes in, your body doesn't get overwhelmed. So you can stay conscious when you're med meditating. And if you want to just take off and expand your consciousness, whatever you want to use, it, it's now a choice. Not because you're so overwhelmed <laughs> and you check out. <laughs> Make sense? And then yeah. the other part of the formula is, after the meditation, whatever meditation you're doing, most people just want to lay down there and just conk out. Yes, yes. We always tell people, if you remember in the videos, I always say, yes. after the meditation, get up some, do some physical movement. Yes. Because the physical movement does two things. 
you have to realize when you're meditating, it's a process of displacement. Mm. It's just like if I have a cup of old coffee, <laughs> you keep pouring new coffee. Eventually, the mm-hmm. new coffee will get rid of the old coffee. Well, yeah. guess what? When you meditate, that new energy coming in is constantly displacing a lot of their anger, stress, and negative thoughts, negative emotions. So what happens is, you know, if especially if you're new in meditation, a lot of stuff came out, but a lot of it is like halfway out of your aura. So after meditation, some of it's lingering here. When you do some physical exercises, you push them out completely. So that's part one. Part two, by doing physical exercise, whatever the fresh life force that came into your body, as you do gentle exercise, it allows you to let it penetrate deeper into your system, which actually makes you more alert and have more energy. So by the time you're done, you're not going to fall asleep. You're not going to feel tired. You just feel alert, very mm-hmm. still inside. So the next time you do meditation, your body actually can handle the energy and you just keep building it up. And over time, you can sit still for half an hour to an hour without pain, without squirming, without falling asleep. It's something you build up to like an exercise program. I could talk to you all day. I'm just literally just listening to you. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Ah, goodness. So (laughs) it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I know a lot of people have got, um, what what I called before COVID bodies where we're either experiencing pain and, you know, or sort of like stress or whatever, but especially body pain. Have you got a meditation for that, that we could go to on your site? Well, uh, when you say pain, aches and pains, of course, you have to first ascertain where it comes from, but let's just say their body's relatively healthy, but they just have aches and pains. These Mm -hmm. are usually indicator of energy blockages. Okay. And so, the way you do it is first <laughs> something you don't do. Most people think that if you have a certain element, a certain problem, you stuff the body with more energy. It's just like yeah. saying there's a blockage. Let me put yeah. more energy in it so you shove it deeper. Right. The more common sense to do is remove the block. <laughs> Make sense? So the way you do that is um, the simplest ways. Again, the amount of time we have, I can't go through the entire process, but of we'll course. give you something very simple. One is salt water, bath, or showers. And what we usually do is, let's say it's a shower is the easiest one. You have a little container of salt in your shower, put lavender oil. Okay. Okay? Mix it up. And so when you're showering, just take a bunch of it, just scrub it all over your body and just let it sit for maybe 30 seconds to a minute to let it break up the the energy blockage. Then you wash it off and you do your regular shower, shampoo, and soap. That's one way. Another way is to have a salt water bath where you take... uh, one to three pounds. I know it's a lot, but hear me out. <laughs> you put lavender oil, warm water, sit with lay in it for about 20 minutes to 30 minutes. You'll notice when you come out, you feel very relaxed. What it does, the salt and water actually takes the blockages, breaks it down. The lavender oil just enhances it. And if you're Roman Catholic, you know, holy water is essentially water, salt, and a priest prayer on top of it. Mm-hmm. So salt water has cleansing effect. So that's the more practical way of removing those blockages another way is when you're doing your meditation you can visualize you know green or violet like going through and removing the blockages so if the pain and the ache is due to the blockages that will take care of it and then from there uh if it's more severe then what we do in pranic healing is you actually have a certain protocol and how to remove specific blockages in the body and how to replenish it fresh life force that's the easiest way I can think of in the amount of time we have right now. 
I love that. I, I honestly, God, I think I'm going to move in with you because I could listen to you all, all day. So if you see me coming down the road with a suitcase, you know who we. <laughs> For those of you on audio, Master Coach just taking a drink. And <laughs> um, so we are coming towards new, a new moon. And I normally say to people, you know, start thinking about what you want to create, how you want to sort of like create whatever else is coming into your life moving ahead, because the, the full moon was where we did completion and everything else. Is there anything else that you can advise people? And I know you're probably going to do a meditation around that. But is there anything else that people can prepare for before they come to your meditations for the new moon? Well, the important thing is something like this. And I always encourage people, uh, what is called the power of rituals, you know, power yeah. of a routine. You know, mm. it's just like you want to be healthy. It doesn't mean like you sign up for the gym and never show up <laughs> and you'll be healthy. You know, it takes commitment. And you don't say, oh, I'll show up once a month. In anything yeah. we do, there has to be a repetition. So that's why, you know, Tony Robbins always says repetition is the mother of skill. So yes. when you talk about what you're sharing right now about how to make the most of it, it's not like, oh, let me catch that full moon, that new moon. Between now and then, it should be part of your routine to yes. cleanse your negative thoughts. It should be part of your routine to do certain breathing exercises. In other words, there has to be mm -hmm. something you're doing on a regular basis that leads you up to that crescendo, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why we have this meditation that, you know, we do that six mm -hmm. times a week. Come on, yes. even if you're a lazy ass, you're going to pick one of those pick six. one <laughs> come on and so by having something that you do as a routine you're actually training just like you there's muscle memory there's a yes. certain memory that is uh ingrained in your consciousness like hey i have to do my prayer time my breathing time my meditation my chanting whatever it is you're doing so that you are constantly raising your frequency Mm -hmm. The problem is most people think, oh, there's a special occasion. I want to catch up. Well, what are you doing between now and then? Right, true. Right? Yeah, it it yeah. has to be a routine. And it's interesting that one word comes into mind. If you want to be successful in anything, from your health to your relationships, to your spirituality, to your work, it's one word. You know what that word is? Discipline. Discipline, right. Discipline. Without discipline... I don't care how talented you are. Somebody with more discipline will always outpace you. Yeah. Somebody not smart as you will outpace you because yeah. discipline is just building, building, building. And even if your relationship, you cannot say, honey, I love you kind of when I feel like it. There <laughs> has to be discipline. And it's interesting. A disciple is an embodiment of discipline. Yes. Very true. Very true. So, as we're sort of like, I know that, we, you know, we don't have much time and I really appreciate your time here, but would you say that discipline is one of the, your pet peeves with, well, students, and when I say students, I mean people that you meet around because they come to you with problems and you realize it's because they're not literally being consistent in the work that you're giving them. Is that what one of your pet peeves or is there something else that you think, I wish the students would do this to be able to get the success that they want? Actually, it is part of a bigger one. And I'll, I'll share this with you. And I hope I don't offend anyone because this is one of the things that I always hear people do and that <laughs> makes them not succeed. They always say, oh yeah, it's all about intention. 
Uh, have you heard the saying, the road to hell is full of good intentions? <laughs> good intention without yes. follow through is completely useless. Yes. I've heard people say, my intention is to be more developed healer. I My intention go, yeah, you're sitting on your ass all day long. You're not doing anything. I don't care what your intention is. Yes. Intention without follow through is useless. When you have intention, you're projecting the energy you want to do. When you follow through, you're assimilating it and becoming part of it. You put that together and do it consistently. That's what you call discipline. I love that. I love that. Because we make up excuses, don't we? We, we all do. We just make up these excuses that literally are simply excuses that stop us and create sabotage more than anything else. And if we just, and if we were just more consistent, I know we're human beings and I know we get distracted, but this is what you're talking about, the muscle. If we exercise our, our practice like a muscle, then it becomes, it becomes almost like your norm. So for example, I have a structure every morning. I never used to, but it took for me, you know, where you said where if you don't listen to God, then he slaps you down. So it took me for me to be, it took for me to be slapped down. To, yeah, it did. It took for me to be slapped down to create a routine. And now I don't go anywhere without creating that routine. Now, granted, there's other things I need to add onto that routine, but I'm very mindful that that structure is what sets me up for the day because I, I rarely get angry. It's not because I suppress the anger. Is because, like you say, I sit down and I go, is is that anger mine or is it somebody else's? Is that, it, did that come from something that I can change or not? And nine times out of 10, it can't be. It doesn't mean I'm not human though, because when I get pissed off, I really do get pissed off. But, you know, I, I'm learning and I'm still learning because I believe that we're all students and what have you. And when I look at people like you who have been doing this for a long time and I see the discipline that you portray, it makes me want to be a better healer because even though I, I, my, my, my gift came from, I don't know, from my Oracle, I still love the fact that pranic healing has such discipline. And I love, I just love the way you approach it and how you explain it to people. You exp you demystify healing for people is how I describe it. You literally make it so that anybody can understand. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because that's how I understand it. If it's too complicated, I throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it has to make so sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like true. my teacher always says, there's no sacred cow. Even the most <laughs> Complicated esoteric spiritual teachings can be understood, and once you understand it, you can apply it. That's why yeah. there's no room for blind faith. You know, when people come to my class, you'll never hear me say, and I always tell people, if you hear me say that, you run away. If you ever hear me say, trust me, you run out of the door as quickly as possible because it has to make sense, and you don't have to believe it blindly. You have yeah. to get it on your own to say, hey, this works for me, then you apply it. Wow. So as we're wrapping up, I want you to just, I don't know, give us some of your wisdom, something that our listeners can take away. Because again, we see you come on live, but I also want people to be able to listen to this podcast and go, oh, wow, this is something maybe we've not heard Mastico talk about before, or maybe something that you feel like you need to drum into us a bit more. What piece of advice can you give us so that we can take away and improve our lives, our states with? Well, if there's anything in a few minutes I can think of, there's two things. One, 
you also have to re- realize that you, the real I, the spiritual self, is the only thing that's permanent. Everything that's happening in your body, your emotions, thought, these are all something that you created. So if I have you move your arm, you say, I move my arm. Well, what's moving move? The arm. Who moved it? You, I did. And you say, oh, I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm creating these feelings. Well, before the feelings were created, did you exist? Yeah. So therefore, you're not these feelings. Same thing with the thoughts. I created the thought of an apple. Well, before I thought of the apple, I'm already around. So if we take the time to go back to that meditative state of who am I, Mm. that is your center. Then from there, you have the ability, and listen to this, this is the most critical part. You have the ability to make the choice of how to move your body, how to create whatever feelings and thoughts that you want in response to the environment. That's why there's a saying, you, you heard it, many teachers say it before. Pain does happen, but suffering is a choice. Yes. Because the suffering is the choice we make on how we respond to it. And the second part of it is, like when you're driving, you have your windscreen. You'll notice your windscreen is massively larger than your rear view mirror. Mm. And a lot of people, the reason they cannot move forward is because their rear view mirror is larger than the windscreen. <laughs> So ask yourself, do you want to go that way? You want to go that way? Well, if you want to go that way, the passage just to say, okay, that's what I have to look look at just to make sure that I don't make those stupid mistakes again. But you don't get dragged back into the past because a lot of people, that's what they do. They define yes. who they are by the screw-ups yes. they have in the past. Yes. If we all screwed up, that's a mistake. Okay, what did I extract from it so I can use it as a propellant to go forward? That's how you approach life. And if you don't do it that way, resentment, anger, hatred, that rules a person's life. And they complain that, oh, it's because they did this to me, did this to me. Hello, you still have a choice of letting it go move or moving on. And most people, since they're asleep to it, when they wake up, they go, yeah, my windscreen, I want to go that way. So they start to control their thoughts, their emotions, their body. And that's how they're able to move forward and be a happier person, more successful person. So I hope that helps. Well, I always say, and I think I said it this morning when I woke up, I was like, every day we wake up, it's God's, it's God's way of saying you've got another chance to make a difference. You've got another chance to make a difference to your life and to other people's lives. And there's no point in actually dwelling in the past. Masako, I have had such an amazing time. I could listen to you forever. I think... I think you're amazing. I I literally could just imagine listening to you just sat next sat at the foot of your chair and just listening to the wisdom because it's incredible. And um I just want to say thank you so much. I'd love to have you back another time and stuff where we could do maybe meditations and what have you and everything else. But for now, I just say thank you so much for your time. Thank I you really appreciate it. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you so much. <laughs>